we're joining Jesus as he is en route to the Garden of Gethsemane. And this Friday night at 7 o'clock, we'll think about him saying, may this cup pass from me. And next week for Easter, we'll think about him saying, may your will be done. But this morning, we'll consider what he says as he walks with his disciples the mile or mile and a quarter from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane. And as he goes there, he forecasts what the night's events will bring, and he doesn't have really good news. Um, it says, Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. When he says you will fall away, the word fall away has it. It's, it's about to stumble or fall literally. And when you apply it to a relationship, to fall away is to begin to distrust and desert one whom they ought to trust and obey. So what Jesus tells his disciples is before the evening is out, that sense of loyalty and devotion they feel towards him is going to dissipate. They are going to begin to desert and distrust him. Um, when he's arrested, the devotion of the disciples will wither. Because Jesus understands sheep, he understands what happens when the shepherd is struck, that the sheep will scatter at that point. Um, in the Gospels, they, they give different amounts of attention to different facets of Jesus' life. But what you're going to find, if you look in your Bible, my Bible has some red words where Jesus' words are recorded. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke have them, but their fair share. But John has a lot of red words. And he devotes John 15, 16, 17, and 18 to the things Jesus say, says in the upper room and on the trip to the Garden of Gethsemane, he gives us a little more detail about what Jesus says. Um, in John 16, here's what Jesus says, and John records it for us. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. A time is coming and has come when you will be scattered each to his own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In John's account, Jesus predicted, as Matthew did, that the disciples will scatter. He adds that the disciples will leave him all alone, but then he says something Pretty significant. He says, I am not alone, for the Father is with me. And as you think about that, that's really the two statements that we're going to consider this morning and that I'd like to us to think about as we talk and as we leave. I am not alone. The Father is with me. It seems that these are the foundation of peace from a spiritual perspective. He says, I have told you these things that in me you may have peace. What things? Among other things that I am not alone, the Father is with me. They are the foundation of victory as well. He says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Literally, I have been victorious over the world. Uh, the spiritual victory, as we're going to see, looks a little bit different than 
the way we might conceive of victory. Um, John talks about, John writes the gospel and he writes some letters later on. And here's what it says in the, um, the last chapter of his first letter. This is love for God to obey his commands and his commands are not burdensome for everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. He says his commands aren't burdensome. Now, some people would disagree, and that's why he clarifies the commands aren't burdensome for the person who has faith. Okay, that leads to another question. Faith in what? Faith is something that we talk a lot about, but can we sharpen it? What are we supposed to have faith in? Um, faith that Jesus is the Son of God, that certainly is true. Uh, but Jesus seems to dial in something pretty specific with respect to where he put his faith on the night before he is going to go back to the Father. And it seems that what he says this, faith is, I am not alone. The Father is with me. Um, Jesus was able to do what he did because he believed he was not alone and that the Father was with him. What does this sign mean? Actually, it means a couple things, doesn't it? It means peace. It's also V-Day, sign of victory. It's a sign of peace and the sign of victory. Applied spiritually, I'm not... I think that it works from a spiritual perspective. I am not alone. The Father is with me. That that is the basis of the peace, not only that Jesus can have, but that we can have. Peace, why? Because we're not alone. The Father is with us as he was with Jesus. It's the sign of victory. It's the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. Faith in what? Faith that I am not alone, the Father is with me. Um, the world uses, when you think of how the world forces and controls, would you agree with me that the threat of exclusion and the promise of inclusion is used to prod um, it's used oftentimes in the world to get people to do things. Uh, if you do this, then you'll be included. And okay, then we'll do it. Or if you don't do it, you'll be excluded. And we don't do it. And that is the pull and the push that the world uses. Um, uh, how much of our grief, as you think about it, how much of our grief is due to the threat of disconnection? Think about the power of disconnection. Think about the power of connection. Somebody who threatens to move from you, somebody who promises to move towards you. Um, likes and dislikes for people like us, we're human beings. How people feel about us matters. I was reading an article about um, the social media platform and how almost intoxicating likes and dislikes can be. There was a story about a, just a, a couple of young girls, adolescents, who discovered a social media platform that allowed them to take a ride and to kind of have this be broadcast over the Internet. And so they get in this car and they're 
sharing this through a social media platform, and they decide that they're going to go faster and faster. And so they press the accelerated down 80, 90, and, and then like, 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 like. And all these likes are coming up and um, presses it over 100, 110, 120, got in an accident and really did severe damage. It's interesting, she was in the uh, ambulance and did a video of herself, <laughs> lucky, lucky to be alive. It's uh, the, the degree will go to be connected. What we'll do to avoid being disconnected. Um, the problem with connection on the social media is that it can be pretty broad, but not very deep. The um, connection that exists in the context of difficulties, not when you're on top of things, but when you're not, that seems to be more precious. It's the love of deep friendship and family. Why am I going into this? Jesus was divine and he was human, both. He felt things that we feel. He went over things that we, he dealt with things that we deal with. He wasn't so divine that it overcame his humanness. Look at what it says when, um, it says Jesus went with his disciples, Matthew's account, to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. So apparently what Jesus did, he gets to the Garden of Gethsemane and he says to eight of his disciples, you guys, will you guys just stay here? And, 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 and then he takes John and James and Peter and he takes them a little bit further. And then he says to them, um, uh, it says, along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Why did Jesus ask them to come with him? He knew the Father was with him. But what he also understood, that when you are a human being, to have people around matters. Jesus felt the desire for companionship. And he both felt it and said it out loud. Hey, you know what? I want you to stay awake with me. Um, Jesus recognized that he didn't want to be alone, and he told the disciples so. It doesn't seem that Jesus treated human desires as less spiritual. It, he, he had human desires and divine desires, and there's a mix, but he didn't consider human desires as not important. That's why he was able to say um, to the disciples, can't you stay awake with me? And it's also why he said to the father, um, going a little further, he fell on his, with his face to the ground and prayed, Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Why did Jesus say that? Why did he say, may this cup be taken from me? He's going to say, and we'll talk about that this Friday, about what he says, and we'll talk about him saying, may your will be done. Would you agree with me that he was aware of the fact that he didn't want to die? Would you agree? You know what that is? That's the human desire not to suffer. And he felt it. Interestingly, he felt it, and he didn't squish it. He didn't say, for crying out loud, I'm the son of God, and I need to die tomorrow, so I can't afford to be feeling something like that. He didn't do that. 
He touched these desires and the tension that they created. And they did. I don't want to die, and yet I do want to die. He touched that connection, and you know what else he touched? He touched the Father. You know why he touched the Father's hand? Because he knew he wasn't alone, that the Father was with him. And Jesus could touch this and touch the Father's hand. You know what that helped him do? It helped him make it through the night. It helped him make it through the next day. What helped him? His faith. Faith in what? I am not alone. My Father is with me. And Jesus doesn't just say that for his own benefit. He says it for us. To be a child of God means that God is our Father as well. And so the point would seem to be that we can benefit from understanding. I am not alone. The the Father is with me. Um, Jesus overcame the world by this, the sign of peace and the sign of victory. I was looking at this passage a long time ago, and it occurred to me, so I ended, what I ended up doing is I I ended up uh, thinking about the victory sign, and I took my hand on the P.I. journal, and so I'm writing. And so I said, ah, this is, I got to kind of do this, so I knew this, so I traced my hand on the piece of paper in, in, in the page of the journal. So I traced my fingers around, and and then in the finger here I wrote, I am not alone. And in this finger I wrote, my father is with me. Um, and it seems to be significant. We misunderstand um, some words Jesus said from the cross. Remember what he said? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we assume, wait a minute, I thought Jesus said that the Father was with him, and yet did God forsake his son when he was on the cross? Good question, isn't it? It seems to suggest that. Did the Father forsake the Son when he's on the cross? We've talked about this before, and um, some of you will remember this. Some of you will know this. Those, those of us who are a little bit older will know the first line of this song. Where does the song come from? You ready? Hello, darkness, my old friend. And if some of you know the first line, how many of you know what that song is? Okay, we have a couple of hands. Thank you very much. Um, Simon and Garfunkel, Sounds of Silence. Um, and the, the way it works, if you know the first line of the song, you know how the rest of the song goes. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know what that is? That's the first line to a Jewish song. The Psalms are songs. And so in the book of Psalms, it's the book of songs. I don't know the, I don't know the tune. I'm not going to sing it. But it is the first line to a song. Here's what I'm going to do. We're going to look at the lyrics to this song. And here's what I want you to think about. Jesus is aware of this song when he's on the cross. That's why he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's the first line of the song. But I think Jesus is thinking of the rest of the song. We're going to go through the lyrics of the song. And you tell me if this doesn't just seem to capture what Jesus really would benefit from thinking. Let's just, I'll, I'll flash it up and just read it. It's, it'll take a minute or two, but I think this is the thought that goes through Jesus' mind. Um, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? so far 
from the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night and am not silent. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the praise of Israel. In you our fathers put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were saved. In you they trusted and were not disappointed, but I am a worm and not a man, scorned by men and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast upon you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me. For trouble is near, and there is no one to help. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted away within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs have surrounded me. A band of evil men has encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. The father gives this song to his son, not because he abandoned him, but because he didn't. I can count all my bones. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. But you, O Lord, be not far off. O my strength, come quickly to help me. Deliver my life from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lion. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my brothers in the congregation. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel, for he has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly before those who fear you. Will I fulfill my vows? The poor will eat and be satisfied. They who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. And the song ends, All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, for he has done it. God did not forsake his son on the cross. When he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is the song that Jesus was thinking about, the song that touches his suffering 
It touches his faith. It touches his confidence in what the Father was going to accomplish by sending his Son to die so that you and I can say what Jesus said, which is, I am not alone. The Father was with me. This is what it means to be a Christian. And this is the faith that God wants us to have as we go into our life, as we feel alone, as people do walk away sometimes. They don't connect. We feel disconnected sometimes. Well, God wants you to know. In that sense of disconnection that we all feel at some level, what he would have you know, you are not alone. The Father is with you. That doesn't mean smiley happy. What it means, that you don't go through things alone. This is what gave Jesus peace. It gave him strength. It gave him the ability to do difficult things. It's easier to do a difficult thing that's right when you understand that you are not alone and that the Father is with you. There's a verse, I really like this verse. It says, keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. We've talked about that. To leave something, I want you to picture a boat attached to a dock. And what would happen? The river's flowing, and if you untie this boat, what's going to happen to the boat? It's going to drift with the current. What it says, never will I leave you, God is saying, I will never do that to you. I will never untie you so you will just drift, drift in the river of faith. I will never cast you adrift. He says, I will never leave you. I will never cast you adrift. I will never forsake you. That means literally to leave somebody behind. We've talked about it. The Marines have a saying, Semper Fi. John, Semper Fi. Always faithful. What it means, a Marine will not leave another, another Marine on the field of battle. Am I right, John? That's, and what God says is, Semper Fi. I will never leave you on the field, alone and untended. God says, I will never cast you adrift. I will never leave you behind. And you know what that means? Those are strong promises. Money makes those promises. Money, money says, I will never cast you adrift or leave you behind, but it can't follow through. God says the same thing, but he can say, this is powerful. I told you a story once, I'll tell it briefly, and then we're done. I was visiting a guy who um, I knew him. He's a kid, adolescent, who had uh, gone for a ride with some friends. And they pulled up to a liquor store. He didn't know this was going to happen. His friends went in and robbed the liquor store. And the police came, and he was brought, taken into custody. And even though he didn't do anything, he was charged, and he had to spend time. So I went to see him in, in the county jail. And when I got there, I said, well, how's things going? And he said, not really good. <clears throat> I've been in solitary confinement since I've been here. He said, solitary confinement, why? He says, I requested it. I requested it. I don't, I don't want to be in with the population. 
Mm, yeah, I guess I can understand that. We talked a little bit. And he said, you know what? No, I just, you know, this, this, this God thing, this connection thing, nah, I don't know. I don't know. I ended up uh, looking at the New Covenant together, and I said, you know, it's, it says that God will be Helios, gracious, favorable, benevolent, merciful to your unrighteousnesses, and remember your sins no more. And he says, are you kidding me? Yeah, that, that's what it says. He said, you know what? I have grown up, and I've never been able to do the things I need to do in order to be confident that God was with me. So I just, I felt like it was hopeless, useless. You know, I'm not a terrible kid, but I know I can't be good enough. I felt that I can't be good enough for God to be with me. And I said, well, based on this, what does this mean? He says, if this is what it says, then he is going to be with me. And I left him with that. I went back. And I, again, I, this was a long while ago. I don't know what happened subsequently, but this is what happened. I went back and I talked to him another three, four weeks later. He's still in county lockup. I said, hey, how's it going? He says, I asked to be let out of solitary. I said, why? That's really what he said. If God is with me, what am I afraid of? That's why I asked to be let out of solitary. Powerful. Um, it's a sign of peace. It's a sign of victory. You think of it. I am not alone. My Father is with me. Stand for closing prayer. God, thanks for recording conversations like this. I mean, we got to sit with Jesus, and he's walking to the Garden of Gethsemane in the last night of his life, and we have preserved for us these conversations, these words. We got to hear what Jesus is saying. And on the most significant evening of the, of, of the world, the most significant expression that we've ever heard. You've sent your representative, your son, to tell us true things about you. And what he would have us understand 2,000 years later is that you came so that we could put our faith in you and believe as you believe, Jesus, that we are not alone as the Father is with us. And he will never cast us adrift. And he will never leave us behind. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.